Hello and welcome to a new episode of the CTO show with Mehmet. My name is Mehmet and as you know, in each episode, I covered multiple topics from emerging tech and startups, entrepreneurship. And sometimes I also have subject matter experts in their field. They work in something related either to tech or to startup and entrepreneurship. And today I have with me Nea. She's joined me from the US. Thank you very much, Nea, for coming to the show. First of all, can you just a little bit tell us about yourself, what you do, and then we can start to take it from there. Yeah, thank you, Mehmet, for having me. Thank you to the listeners who are listening right now. Excited to be here. Um, so my name is Neha Naik. I am. I live in Houston, Texas, with my husband and two young kids, and I'm the founder and CEO of Recruitian. So a little bit about me. I actually wanted to be a doctor growing up, and it wasn't in my cards just because it wasn't a field that I really identified with. And so I moved over to HR and recruitment, and that's really how I got into recruitment. So it's always interesting to me because I feel like a lot of recruiters and people in HR don't really start out there. And somehow then they really enjoy when they end up there. That's cool to, to know, like usually, and this is for every guest, you know, I try to understand more. What have inspired you to create your current company? And because we talk a lot in my show about, you know, startups, it's the first time I think I'm covering recruitment. So also your approach to recruitment, how it evolved over the years. Yep. So I created Recruit, uh, Recruit Van only because, you know, as a daughter of an immigrant family, you know, we immigrated here when I was 11. And one of the things, you know, my parents always taught us to do is to be independent and to live the American dream right now. I told you that I transitioned from going into med school to HR, but the transition was really difficult for me because, you know, I I thought that I was a failure and you know, nobody likes to quit or stop, you know, doing something, especially someone like me. I'm a very type A person. Uh, but eventually I got into, you know, the field of recruitment. I worked with a couple of agencies and I realized that I really wasn't happy there because I didn't really align with their approach of approach to recruitment, whether it was on the client side or the candidate side. And basically my husband then inspired me to really create my business because he was like, I can see you making a difference. I see that you're really passionate about this. So let's give it a shot, right? Like what's the worst that can happen, right? We, did, we didn't have kids at the time. And so we could take a little bit of risk. And yeah, in terms of my approach to recruitment evolving over time, it definitely has. You know, I went from being coached under who, someone who treated recruitment um, in terms of numbers and data. And while I love data and we use that a lot, we also treat recruitment, um, you know, people first. We always look to humanize our recruitment processes. We like to empathize with our candidates and our clients and really help them set up for success, not just today, but for years to come. That's uh, really inspiring. Now, um, you told us about, you know, Recruit Guy and your company. So I understood that you specialize in helping hyper growth tech startups build and retain top talent. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you think are the biggest challenges startups face in the hiring process? Yes, I think, you know, the, the number one challenge that I see startups unfortunately face is the lack of planning and the lack of giving recruitment a thought. You know, I always see startups um, like they'll, you know, they're like, oh, we need to hire four people like yesterday. And I'm like, why wasn't this planned out? Right. And I understand that business needs change and businesses evolve and grow and sometimes faster than what the founders or the CEOs um, were expecting. 
but you have to plan for recruiting. You, that has to be a priority as you grow and scale. If you don't, then one, you're going to have a higher turnover. You're going to have people within your team um, over feeling overwhelmed because they're doing the job of one, two, three people. And you're also going to have that um, leadership that's just pushing things to people without taking into account the growth. So I think definitely number one is like planning when you're scaling, right? The second challenge that I see a lot of startups have is actually not just hiring the high caliber talent, but then the retention of that talent, right? So how do you make sure that they don't then go to your competitor? Because Obviously, when you hire someone, you're spending a lot of time, energy, and money in onboarding them, training them, getting them used to your culture and all that. And so if you cannot retain them, then essentially all that has gone down the drain. And it's all, it also tells me that you probably don't have the right culture if you're having a, tur- you know, a lot of turnover. And then finally, um, specifically with, with tech talents, there is still an issue of lack of diversity, right? So a lot of clients that I work with will come to me and say, we need to diversify the talent, you know, in our, in our organization. So that's another kind of challenge that I see with startups. That's very informative again. Now the show name is the CTO show. And as you can imagine, like my goal initially and still is also to focus on the CTO as a CTO role. And at the same time for founders looking for a CTO. So, and the, Question might go beyond the CTO. Actually, how important is the role of a CTO, of course, in a startup? But also we can generalize to any like, you know, a leadership role who would take care of of the technical side of the business. Yep, I agree. So you're thinking CTO, VP of engineering, like director of product, right? Anybody in that umbrella. I think, you know, all these people in the leadership play an essential role, right? And I think one of the things about startups is that um, you don't, you know, your, your, um, I guess your key initiatives, your KPIs aren't always defined as well as they could be because again, it's a startup and people are having to wear multiple hats. So for a leadership in technology specifically, it's really important that not only do they have the right technical expertise, but they're aligned with the company's vision, right? Because they're going to kind of lead the way for other people in the businesses as it relates to the technological aspect itself, right? So when startups hire for leadership within the technological realm, We want to make sure that they have a strong background in technology, software development, but they have a really good understanding of the business objectives of the business's mission and vision for years to come, right? So they're aligned. And then they should also be really good at communicating with other people what those initiatives are, what those objectives are, and capable of translating their technical knowledge into business strategy. And I think this is sometimes the hardest thing for CTOs is to, uh, for companies who don't hire strong CTOs, is that they're not able to take that technical knowledge and then, you know, move it into business strategy, right? And then finally, of course, like experience with leading teams, but not just leading, right? Like you're also going to be a functional CTO. Like you're actually going to be doing all the things when you first start out. You may not have a team to lead right away. So someone who is hands-on, but can also evolve into a really strong leader. Uh, I agree because I've, I've seen a couple of times this mistake happen, especially when you mentioned um, not being aligned between, you know, the business vision and because, you know, there is a gap over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so in general, like we, we talked about the CTO role and, you know, the VP engineering role, but from your experience, like what are the most common mistakes startups make when hiring or recruiting technical talent? 
Great question. I think, you know, like I said earlier, like lack of planning is like the number one mistake that I've seen people make. The second mistake I see people make is improper hiring manager training, right? So what that means is the people who are actually going to do the interviews on on the company's behalf, whether it's an engineer, whether it's a product manager, whether it's a recruiter, whoever that is, you need to train them on how to actually hire people and interview people. A lot of people assume that people know how to interview, but let me tell you, it's a skill. Like it's a skill that you need to learn. It's a skill where you need to be able to call out BS and tell who's authentic and who's not authentic, right? Um, and then again, the other part of it is not defining your recruitment objectives, right? You you are failing to research the job market, the salary uh, salary trends, um, looking at benefits. You know, companies um, don't look at the market research and then their benefits aren't on par. You're also investing in outdated technologies and processes. And then the things become like a bottleneck. And ultimately you are not able to hire people at the speed that you want which in turn then overwhelms the team, right? Because um, that's critical. Like you want to be able to scale your team as quickly as you scale your business. And a lot of people miss that. And then finally, a lot of times I see technical teams overlook the soft skills, right? Like, and this is something that I advise my clients on all the time. Like technical skills are important and I get it, but you want someone who's a doer, who can wear multiple hats, who's motivated, who's aligned with your mission and vision. And that's how you know that that person is going to stay with you and somebody that you can retain because they are well aligned with what you're trying to do as a business. Just, you know, on, on this one, do you think some of these mistakes lead later to, you know, what I know that there's the economy factor over there, but do you think these mistakes, you know, also are one of the factors for the massive layoffs we see in tech? Probably, you know, and I will say that during COVID, there was massive hiring, especially with technical companies because everything was remote. And so, we, we saw people like literally just grow their businesses really quickly, especially, you know, remote companies, companies who really valued like the technical innovation. And there was a lot of hiring done and there were a lot of there was a lot of title inflation. Right. So people that weren't even at a director level or far from it were given these titles of directors. And with that title inflation and the salary inflation and not, you know, for the recruiting teams and the hiring managers and the founders not doing the relevant research early on did cost them money. Right. And so now what's happening is the same teams are like, okay, we can't afford to pay this person, you know, with five years of experience, the same that we're paying for someone with 10 years mm -hmm. of experience. And so they have to let people go for that reason. So I, I, I definitely think there is a link there. And if companies had been strategic and planned and done it with a 20,000 foot view of what's coming, as opposed to doing things just to attract talent then and there, they would be in a much better place for sure. Yeah, I expected, you know, like, uh, you know, really this answer from you is exactly what I wanted to hear just because this was my opinion as well. But of course, hearing that from an expert like yourself, it's always like difference and yeah. difference. So uh, while I was, you know, preparing for our episode, you know, I've, I've seen like some, um, I would say, systems or concepts. It's like the first impression system, the cohesive culture method and compass leadership system. If you can just a little bit highlight on these ones and how these methodologies contribute to a startup success. Yep. So I think, you know, when I started my business, um, these are things that I saw were lacking in whether it was, you know, with hiring teams, with agencies. So I created these systems because and these pillars, essentially, which is a base of my business. And this is the base that we expect all of our clients that we work with. We're very selective with who we take on. 
because we really care about humanizing the recruitment process, right? And we talked about that earlier. So the first impression systems is really like the first impression that the candidate or the client gets, you know, when they look at each other. So for example, if someone reaches out to you on LinkedIn and you click at their profile, is it updated? Mm -hmm job description there? Does the job description make sense? Is their mission and vision integrated in the job description? Is their website working? Um, is their social media active, right? These are things that people care about now. Like people want to know that you are a legit company and you have a team, or if you don't, what your goals are to having a team and why you're hiring them. So that's really the first impression system, right? Um, the cohesive culture method is all about the culture of the company. So, you know, we've noticed, you know, with 12 years of experience and now working with businesses for over eight years, like, yes, people love the pay, but people love the culture more. In fact, I have people tell me, like, I cannot leave here. I know that I'm not earning as much as I would be at, you know, these bigger companies, but I mm -hmm. love the culture. I love the flexibility. I love that they listen to me. I love that there's diversity. I love my benefits. I feel included. My voice is heard. And that is just so huge, right? People want to feel valued. I think it's a psychological thing. We don't like to be somewhere where we are not valued. And so if you're not valuing your customers or your candidates or your, you know, even your employees and you're, you know, treating them like numbers, um, you're not going to go very far. So that culture has to be there. And then finally, the Compass Leadership System is all about how the leadership maps out the journey for the employee to get to the next step in their career, right? A lot of times I see a, like the scarcity mindset, right? Or there's scarcity mindset um, where, you know, there's lack of training or there's lack of resources um, for the employees to get to the next level, whether it's a promotion, whether it's, you know, getting an MBA or whatever that looks like. But the Compass Leadership System is where the, uh, the employer really cares about the employee's holistic well-being and they, they are the compass, right? They point them in the right direction where they can basically then say, like, if you do this and this and this, like, we can consider you for the promotion and allow for them to do that. And I think that's, again, really critical as you scale your business, um, because these three things um, really just go back to the startup success, not just with business growth, but retention, right? And so you want your employees to stick around. You want them to send you referrals. You want them to grow with you. Very much resonating with what, I'm hearing a lot from people around, you know, like they start to say we look for um, people more than we look for a company or a salary, um, yeah. which is make makes sense, uh, I would say. Now, back to the leadership role in in um, in startups and specifically, you know, the CTO or VP engineering. So, um, like, with your expertise, you know, in recruitment and business, how can CTO or even like a VP of engineering contribute to building a strong team culture and, you know, help in retaining these talents in the organization? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that they need to do is just make sure that their company has a clear vision, mission, values, and goals, right? That they are able to then communicate with prospective employees and also current employees, right? CTOs also need to make sure that the work environment fosters collaboration, innovation and autonomy. I think that's huge, right? And I think the other task um, that falls on the CTOs is to make sure that, you know, they're supporting employees with training and development. And I just kind of touched on that a little bit, um, you know, creating a clear career path for employees and encouraging open communication and, you know, put in milestones where they can do check-ins as often as possible, which then shows the employees that this person and this company is actually invested in me. They're providing me feedback. They're listening to my feedback. 
Um, and then also like recognition, right? So whether it's individual contributors or manager, like recognition is again, another one of those psychological triggers that's, that's good for us. It makes us feel good when someone recognizes us for something, right? And so fostering all of those. And I think the final thing that, and I think this is really critical is, you know, CTOs should always be the pillars of innovation. So they should always guide and encourage innovative ideas. They should encourage innovative, um, you know, like just research methodologies, anything that screams innovation, because ultimately their job is to just see what's out there and what can the company do to be more innovative and ultimately grow and scale and keep their customers happy. Yeah. Maybe the question is a continuation of what you are saying. Like what other like tips, you know, you can give to, to, to CTOs um, and like, let's say technical leadership in, you know, specifically because what I was hearing recently, especially in, you know, uh, tech startups, SaaS startups, the number one problem is, you know, attrition ratio, ratio. like, I mean, people who, who doesn't even sometimes, I remember like a couple of years back, cause I was working for a, for a startup. Like I, I remember numbers like where, you know, on, on average in the market, like less than one year, which is like really Crazy. not healthy. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Like what additional tips you can give here to, to CTOs yes. and anyone in technical uh, leadership role? I feel like a lot of times, you know, especially the clients that I work with, there is this triage way of hiring, right? So what happens is um, they know that they need someone and they come up with this Band-Aid solution that's not a long-term fix. So what I'm trying to say is don't hire fast, hire right. Um, and you will literally see your turnover rate go down when you are putting in the right processes in place to evaluate candidates on not just the technical skills, but their, you know, just their um, uh, social skills, their entrepreneurial skills, their visions, their goals. Um, people don't do that, right? Like just the other day, I was talking to a client, a new client, and they were like, oh, we'll just do one interview. And I'm like, no, you can't just do one interview. You have to do multiple interviews because if you do that one interview, you don't know that person that well. You've got to do at least three or four to really understand the candidate, right? And so I see a lot of people make that mistake where they're like, oh my gosh, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. Let's get someone in fast. And when you do it really fast, you're not going to be, you know, really happy. It's like going to a shoe store and buying shoes without trying them on. Like you're going to come back and say, my feet hurt. It's the same concept, right? Like Yes, you may need this person in right away, but the, the smart thing to do is to first figure out if there's true alignment, technically speaking, you know, just in terms of logistics, in terms of a cultural ad, in terms of a motivational fit, and then you can move forward. But I think that would be the number one advice is like, don't hire fast, hire right. Um, and then again, make sure that you're not treating them as a number. Like there's some type of a process in place where you are you know, making sure that there's a relationship that you're building because candidates bring other candidates, candidates bring referrals, right? We all right. know people. Um, and so when you treat pe candidates like a number, they know that we can sense that we all feel that. But if you treat them as someone that matters, then they're going to say like, hey, you know, best friend, I have this company that's hiring. The interview process was great. And you are actually helping your recruitment costs go down when people bring other people to your company by referrals. I love the example of, you know, buying the shoe without trying, <laughs> like really it's, it's a good uh, example and uh, very, um, you know, realistic, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I know you're a member of the uh, Forbes business council and you have access, you know, to small, mid-sized business owners and, you know, you're, you're like working actually in the field, I would say, and you've 
able to see a lot of things. So what are some of the trends you see emerging in the tech and recruitment sector? Yep. So I think within the tech and recruitment center, like obviously the, this concept of AI, right? Like that is being like the new hot thing. Um, so definitely trying to, people are trying to figure out where does AI fit into the recruitment and HR world? Like what can you automate? What still needs to be human-based? I think that's the first thing. I think the other thing is, and we talked about these two things, is the retention, right? Like how do we keep the employee retention high? Um, the third thing is humanizing layoffs, right? So we know that there's layoffs that are happening and it's crazy out there, but how do you humanize them? How do you make it to where mm -hmm. when people are let go or are furloughed, you're doing it in a way that still speaks highly of your culture, right? And not just like sending an email out at 2 a.m. and firing people. Like what, what are you doing to make sure that the people are protected emotionally? Because that speaks a lot of volumes to your business and your leadership as the company. Because when, you know, I always believe when the pendulum swings, it swings both ways. So there's going to be times when things are not well, but then it's going to swing the other way around. And when it swings the other way around and you're looking to hire, you don't mm -hmm. want to have blaster reviews that are negative or people are saying bad things about you because you weren't really intentional with how you were letting people go and you treated them like numbers and not like humans, right? I think that's the, the biggest thing. Um, and then the other thing that I want to end on a positive note here is that companies are still growing. So I know there's a lot of news out there with the recession, with the layoffs, but there's still technical companies who are building amazing, innovative, cool things and still hiring for you know cal high caliber talent. So I always look like to look at the glass half full and I always feel like, you know, if you are talented and you have the right skills and you're willing to apply yourself, um, you know, there's still people that are looking to hire you, right? So don't let the negativity of what's going on um, bog you down because there's always place for right people at the right companies. And I think that's really how it works. Love the positivity. And the question I'm going to ask you, and I'm sure you're going to answer in the positive way because you mentioned AI. Like, are you afraid that AI will replace, you know, recruitment and recruiters? No, you know what? I'm actually not afraid. I'm actually really excited to use AI. Um, I think what AI is going to do is it's going to get rid of the grunt work, so to speak. So it'll be really good at like reading resumes and, um, you know, sending emails to candidates asking following questions. But I don't really think that a robot or AI can really truly deliver the value and the mission and the vision of an organization as a person can, right? Um, so like anytime you want that human touch and companies that care about that human touch as being part of that recruitment process, AI is not going to be able to touch that. And I think, you know, I, I don't really play this game of like, ah, uh, like the jobs, right? I feel like you have to evolve with technology. We saw this with the factories. We saw this with, you know, a lot of manufacturing companies. And this is going to be the same thing with AI. So we just have to like work alongside and not treat it as a competition, right? Because I think the world is big enough for everyone to have the opportunity to do what they want. And so, no, I'm not faced by AI at all. Like, I'm happy because I heard this question because I'm this side. But by the way, sometimes on the show, I have guests who thinks completely the opposite way, which I respect, of course. But yeah. Um, um, Telling everyone AI, yes, it can, it's replacing jobs. That's true, but that means we need to upskill ourselves so we can Please. take it to the next level. And I believe recruitment and your line of business is not different than any other uh, line of business that we need to think how actually we leverage the technology to take it to, to the next phase. 
So really, I, I, I liked your way of, of answering this question. Finally, Neha, like, can you share any tips or recommendations? Because I know one of the main things uh, we talked about the recruitment and, you know, the CTO should look at and so on. But, you know, some recommendations for startups looking to scale their teams, mm -hmm. right? So they, they, they feel now it's time. Yeah, we were like uh, 10 people. Now we want to take it to the next level. So what are, you know, the recommendations you can give for these startups looking to scale their teams effectively while maintaining their core values and culture? And, and you know, this question, I'm repeating it recently because, you know, the other day I had a guest and again, we were, you know, kind of discussing or trying to discover why culture, when the company is small, you know, it's everything pink and mm -hmm. then once we scale, something happens. So I want to hear your opinion and your recommendations before we, we close. I think the biggest thing I say, and I say this to all my clients and I'll say it to you, is that I don't care how amazing your product or service is. If you don't have the right people, you are not going to go far because you're always going to be worried about hiring. Oh, they left. Oh, hiring. Oh, they left. Right. And so your energy, your money, all your bandwidth is going to be completely absorbed by that. And nobody wants that. So I always say put people first, put inclusion first, be honest and transparent. You know, people like to know what's going on, the good, bad and ugly. And, you know, as as a co-founder, you might say, well, you know, I don't really want them to know that our last month wasn't that good. But the thing is, the more honest and transparent you are with your employees or with candidates, you will build that rapport, you will build that trust and you will build that relationship. And those relationships is what will get you to the next level in your business, right? It's not going to be how many clients you signed. It's not going to meet your revenue or how many investors are interested in you because you could have all the things. But again, if you don't have people, and that's why I'm in this business, right, of people, um, you are not going to succeed. And I truly believe that. So like I said, you know, be honest, be transparent, put people first, put inclusion first, and you will never go wrong no matter what you do. That's great. I would say, and I wish that really everyone adopt these, uh, these advices and, you know, apply them. Uh, anything like you wish that I asked, because I'm, I'm doing this last question recently, anything you want to say before we come to an end? Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing I will say is that as you're scaling, there's definitely this, this, um, you know, people are scared, right? I mean, when you get out of your comfort zone, as you scale your business, there's this fear that creeps in, like, you know, am I doing things right? Am I doing them wrong? Like, right. But I think the biggest thing is one, not to get overwhelmed by all the advice you're getting and then making sure that you're doing your due diligence and just being yourself as a business or a co-founder or a CTO, right? Be yourself, be authentic and always put the mission and vision of the companies first. And you will literally attract the right talent towards you if you have all these things done right in the first place. So that's the only thing, but no, it was an absolute pleasure to, to be here today. Oh, that's my pleasure that uh, you were with us today, Neha. And uh, by the way, this is uh, a series and this is for people who are going to be watching or listening. So this is a series because we, we are trying to put all the elements of a startup into a series of episodes. So we will be talking about today recruitment. Another day we'll be talking about scaling. Actually, we, we have some episodes already on scaling from sales perspective. So keep watching this space and we will see like more about it. Yeah, thank you very much for, you know, taking the time. I know you have a very busy schedule um, and, um, you know, it was my pleasure to have you also on the show. 
And as we come close, as usual, I want to uh, just remind everyone, if you can just subscribe to the channel, if you are watching this on YouTube, in case you are listening on a podcast platform, also don't forget to subscribe. And as usual, if you have a comment or a question about this episode or the show in general, please don't hesitate to get in touch with me directly by email, LinkedIn, or Twitter. And if you are interested even to come to the show as a guest, I would be more than happy to also discuss this with you. Thank you very much for tuning in today and we will meet in the next episode. Thank you very much.